Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapter. Here you will find practical tips for your agricultural classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from Oklahoma State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and visit our webpage at owlpelletsforag.wordpress.com. That's owlpelletsforag, all one word, .wordpress.com. Welcome back to Critical Conversations. (laughs) We've had a great time discussing some new critical conversations in this next one. Um, Have you guys seen the show that's like, what if the world ended? Mm. What would happen to New York? Or what would happen to London? And it like describes that the buildings would slowly corrode. Today we're going to play that game with ag education. What would happen if today ag education ceased to exist? Mm. What would slowly corrode? Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) (laughs) So what would happen? What is it about ag education that is so important that if it went away, we would see impacts? Or would there be impacts? It's interesting to argue with the idea of, do we know that we have got to be in place. So let's have that that conversation. I think it's a, I mean I think it's a great place to start is for every single one of us as ag teachers to sit here and say if ag ed went away tomorrow would anybody notice? Yeah. Do do the do the people in your school and in your community see any sort of value in what you do? And if the answer is no or you got to pause it by a little bit, that may tell us that we're not doing the right things. We may, we may be doing good things, but we may, may not be doing all of the right things. Yeah, you focus so much on, um, I know we've talked before and research has been done on um, what do ag teachers do, right? So, but you focus on it so much from that angle, right? What's, what's our elevator speech that it might actually help to come at it from that other angle. If you didn't exist, what would be gone, So I'm not sure. Um, Dr. Ed Osborne and I at the University of Florida did a study a couple of years. Well, oh, my gosh. It was like eight years ago. 27 years (laughs) ago. It was was a lot longer ago than it was like last year. No. And it was like eight years ago. And um, we went around and had focus groups with ag teachers. And um, it was focused originally on what they needed, what they wanted, um, and, and how we could help them. And uh, they kept coming back to like, well, administrators don't know what we do. And so we don't get their support. We need their support. And the community doesn't understand what we do. So, and so I started asking them, okay, well, what do you do? And they couldn't answer. They would stop for a second and then they'd give me an example, right? So they'd say like, uh, well, well, let me tell you about this kid that I have that's working with this steer, right? They'd always give an example, but, but they could not generalize that specific example to something that they that they do to kind of what you said, what, what need are they filling? Right. They could not answer that. And I wonder if that, is that, is that nationwide? Can teachers, do we know what ag teachers do, what they contribute? Well, I think, you know, when we look at that real big picture question, um, I think that we, we could all start to argue that. I start thinking kind of backtrack. 
like instead of trying to start big yeah. and say, what do we do? Then let's backtrack and start to think about what would happen if it went dark. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, I'm going to make my run at it. Here we go. The first thing that would happen is schools would have to find additional ways to engage the large population of students that are engaged in a lot of rural, urban, a lot of our programs. Mm -hmm. So immediately principals are going to have to find other options for elective type classes to engage students. Where do you think they'd go? Where would ag students go if ag didn't exist? Some of them would have to totally re-identify because that is their culture. Yeah. And for I think for a large slice of the American population, we are their fit. Yes. So I think maybe they would move towards some of the other vocational groups or maybe they would move. I think they would diffuse into these other maybe not as good fits. So they would just be a stretch. They would fit in other places but be a stretch there. Yeah, like my culture, like my life, my culture, my people, right. like... I was going to wear a blue jacket, and if that were gone, I would have I would lose a piece of my family's heritage a little, and the blue yeah. jackets. And I think that's that first thing: is schools would have a, a decrease in engagement for the population that we serve. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing people would notice missing, I think they would start to miss blue jackets. They would start to miss the blue jackets at county fairs and at competitions, and they would miss the blue jackets flooding their big town for state convention. They would start to notice that, you know, where is my FFA sausage? I go, I buy sausage from them every year. Yeah, fruit. Where's the really neat banquet that we go to? It's just so neat to see those kids perform. But then I think the longer term problem is as agriculture is becoming less prominent, I think that it would start to go dark a little bit, this culture and this reviving of the culture of agriculture. So I think a lot of them honestly would become very engaged in 4-H. So you could make the argument, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, they would just engage in 4-H. So I'm not sure though, I'm thinking about it more from the learning standpoint, the education, because what makes me a little bit nervous about the things you were talking about is nowhere in there was what we actually teach students. Well, but I'm not saying what I think, I'm not going there. I'm going from the outside looking in, what would the buzz be? If I was a community member? I don't think the buzz would be like, oh no, the sky is falling, we're not teaching... We're not teaching the principles of soil science. I think rather they'd be like, where's those kids that bring sausage to me? Yeah, I kind of think a little... So the way I was kind of thinking about it was, what if it didn't exist? As in, it didn't go dark today, but what if it literally never was? Right? And so then, like, if if it wasn't a thing, we see often this debate... I see it a lot on social media, probably because I'm on social media more than I should be. Um, but we see this debate, you know, like... All for owl pellet stuff, food, though, right? All 100% you- owl pellets. If my boss <laughs> is listening, it's 100% work stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, we see the food babes and the Dr. Oz's right. and all of that come up. And then the counter argument is always from those that mm-hmm. have some kind of tie to ag ed, right. right? So what if... I mean, I think that's where we'd miss it. The education that, that comes from being empowered to make those arguments would just be gone. Right. Okay, but like realistically, sometimes I think when you're at the center of your world, your world looks big. But when we really truthfully look at it, let's make the argument that ag education is not that impactful. It's really, like we serve half a million, a little over half a million people in the world, and there's a lot of other students. We just provide one of many options for students to engage. There's a million others to engage in. 
you know, maybe we're not as big as we think we are. Right. Well, I think that's part of that's part of the deal. You know, they're always the joke says that whenever the high school teachers out, they have to hire a substitute in to keep things going. But whenever the principal is gone, they don't have to hire a substitute. So who's actually doing the work, right? Yeah. But the same thing. Oh, oh yeah. That was good. I didn't even notice it. That was a really good turn. Nice job. I always thought when I left the building, it fell apart. That's right. right. Same thing with the department chairs. Same way. Um, but but that, I think you make a very good point. That's one of the things I wanted to mention about. We think we're huge. We think we're critical. But in the grand educational scheme, we are like, a micro percentage of the students even have access to an ag ed program, let alone are involved in an ag ed program. And if we went away, the question is, would anybody notice? Because it is so small, so we have to make sure people understand the impact that we're making. And, and, and I get the idea about, you know, they're going to miss the blue jackets and then we're going to, the, the impacts from there, but on the, edu- on the learning side of things, but, and this may just be personal experience, it's the you know enrollment, it's graduation, it's compl- you know staying involved in school because I know that sometimes there are kids that came to school just because they had the ag class, mm-hmm. you know, and they they were not going to be your honor roll students. They weren't troublemakers, but they you know they were just kind of there. They wouldn't have come to school or would have stayed in school if it wasn't for ag. Ag is what kind of got them through the day to do that sort of a thing. And I think that may be. One of the, the buttons that we need to be promoting about what we do in school-based ag ed that we don't, we don't do a lot on. So I'm, I had not actually thought about this until now, but you guys are talking about me. I wasn't in an ag program. Ag didn't exist for me. And all of my friends, everything I did, all happened at the barn. And I did not know. I, I went to a school of 3,000 people. I did not know a single other person that rode horses. And... I went to the barn that was half a mile down the road from my high school. Nobody knew it existed. And that is where my entire, like, I lived for 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. When, we, when I left and spent mm-hmm. the rest of the day at the barn, I did not have, you know, as far as, like, I, I, was, the, I was the one with no friends, right? Because, <laughs> I, and, you know, because, because my people weren't there. My people were not at school. That's what happens yeah. if ag ed well, is not there. You know, I think of ag education, I see two major products. We always talk about the whole development of the kid. You know, there's just something magical that happens in ag education. And, and I'm all in that. Like, I, my career is ag education. Mm-hmm. I believe in it. It fundamentally changed my life. But as a principal, I also know that if ag education didn't exist, as a principal, it was my job to keep students engaged. And there are lots of times where I've had programs that got closed, and we found ways to re-engage students. So I'm going to go here for a minute. Get Everyone get your tomatoes ready. Um, (laughs) So ag education gets unfunded, ceases to exist. I think that the principal, as a principal, I was forced to see ag education, the band, the theater, the newspaper. I had a myriad of engaging activities. So if ag education went away, I would find ways to replug in those students in other engaged activities, perhaps 4-H. Maybe I would try to bring 4-H in and have after-school after 4-H clubs. Um, but I think from an educational standpoint, I think we would find ways to mitigate the damages in growing and developing children in education, right? Right. My bigger question is, would there be long-term impacts? And I think this is where sometimes we get off mission. Would there be long-term impacts to the profession of agriculture, to feeding the world? If ag education didn't exist, would it drastically impact the industry of agriculture? And I think if we can't sit here and, and say, yes, it would, and mean it and have some 
facts to back that up, I think that tells us that we're off mission. That, and and I'm, I think we're probably there. Mm-hmm. I think we, we've been distracted by a lot of things over time. And so, and I'm not saying that we've got to get back to basics and only be teaching cows, sows, and plows again. But are we staying up with what's happening in the agriculture industry? And we, and we keep going back to that report in, in 88 saying agriculture education needs to be about in agriculture and about agriculture. We've got to make sure that we're doing that and really being purposeful and focused on the education aspect rather than just the fun and games pieces of it. Using those other kind of activities as engagement and Mm -hmm. and to enhance it, but are we really connected to the industry we're supposed to be preparing folks for? I I still argue, we talked about this in in the professional one, I would still argue that ag teachers, when you check a box on what industry are you in, we got to check the education box because that's, that's where we work. But we are directly connected to the agricultural industry mm-hmm. and making sure that connection is happening. And that goes back to what we were talking about before with your classes, right? The actual content that you teach, do they? So that's where I'm thinking like when I was an ag teacher, right? I'm passionate about my students being career ready. I want to make sure that they have a place in the ag industry. And I would love to say yes to your question. You know, do, do my classes make a difference as far as people being prepared? I would love to say yes, and the content I taught would lead me to have to say no. Mm-hmm. I don't know where students would have to know 38 breeds of rabbits. Yeah. So here's my argument then. I don't necessarily – so if I believe, which we talked about with Career Pathways, mm-hmm. I believe that, I, that the, the goal of secondary-based ag ed is to take really high-potential kiddos, funnel them into agriculture, build that interest and exposure – and start to connect them to the next steps to move them into careers. I would argue if ag education ceased to exist, our colleges of agriculture nationally would see a severe decline in enrollment in the College of Ag. Because you think about what ag education does, it pulls all these students to state conventions and it pulls students to our land-grant institutions and our college-focused Cat, uh, agriculturally focused um, institutions. Yeah, they're exposed to them. They get a, to be a part of the culture, and like you know, you're in ag education, or you know, you're in FFA, and then you're drawn to this College of Ag, and you go to national convention, and it's all the land grant universities drawing you into their institution. I really do think it makes me wonder: like, is our primary role recruiting kids, exposing them, getting them hooked into agriculture, and then connecting them? to the next steps to fill the pipeline for careers in ag. See, though, I don't know if that's true. The, the kids that you were talking about, their identity is so rooted in ag. I think if ag ed didn't exist, they would find it anyway. I mean, I did. I, I had nothing to do in school with ag, and it actually was a benefit to me because I didn't realize that there was this, you know, we talk about the those kids right at the kind of lower end where ag is their place. And if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for ag, they wouldn't be in school. And I get that. Um, but I didn't know that that was a thing. So I didn't have that. Sometimes we see this, um, this stereotype, right, or this misnomer that ag isn't for smart kids. So, mm-hmm. and I saw none of that. So I had no problem saying, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, Summa cum laude, and I'm going to enroll in ag. See, but I'm opposite. I'm from an 8,000-acre farm and ranch. It's my, my family's entire income was from that ranch. I worked on it every day since I was born. Yeah. And I was the valedictorian of the high school, and I was summa cum laude, and so it was very clear that I was going to go and be a doctor. And so 
the difference is why though? Why were you going to be a doctor and not go into ag if it was? I was an I was a I was a servant of my dad's farm since I was born. I I had one whole career in ag. I had fifteen years of being a career in ag. I was going okay. to do what I wanted to do. But I think the fact that ag education exposed me to all the careers that were out there. When I got through all my high school messiness, I was co- I was connected. All my people were ag. Mm-hmm. And so the people I knew, the people I was connected with, they were all ag. And so that ultimately funneled me back into that. I mean, I, I originally started at, a, at a, a small private school to be a doctor, but I was still, all those things were ringing in my ear that ag education, I tried to fight it, but all the things that I loved that were propagated in ag education eventually pulled me back to a land grant institution yeah. where I'm now devoted to ag ed. It's, I think that's, you know, it's that opportunity that, that they see. You know, I think back a thousand years ago, you're talking about FFA convention. I hadn't thought about this for a long time. <laughs> um, when I was wearing a, a blue jacket, they even had those back then, um, and, and talked to a, a guy at a booth that talked about CPAs and agriculture and what they did and the whole idea of ag business was even a thing and how that worked. And I, I didn't end up going into ag business, but I'm like, that's pretty cool. You can talk about this sort of thing. And so it just it shows you the other opportunities that were out there. Even if you were raised on a farm and right. you knew one opportunity really well. Right. And so it's, it's connecting those kind of things out there. I think that's an important piece of what we do is, yeah. is broadening those horizons to show what the diversity of agriculture is. Because everybody thinks they may know ag. Even, even when you get your people in ag, you know your little slice of ag. Yeah. They don't see the breadth of it or even mm-hmm. what modern ag is, is today. But, you know, and I even think about if I could improve some elements, I was heavily involved in the agri-science fair. I loved it. I had 90 buckets of sand and I was amending them and I was raising chili peppers and cutting them off and the biomass and measuring that. And I was working with a field scientist and Mm -hmm. it was amazing. I loved it. And now that I'm a professor, I look at the plant science folks and I'm like, well, they do cool stuff. But nobody ever said, hey, you're involved in the agri-science fair. Man, you're really good at that. And I was. I loved it. No one ever showed me, do you know that a professor, that that there's professors, that that's what they do daily is work in these really technological labs growing plants? No one connected that for me. So... They didn't think he was professor material. Yeah, they're like, bless his heart. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should be in the quiz bowl. (laughs) On the second team quiz bowl. That's right. So, you know, it makes me think we could do better. Right. But I do think we are are filling the pipeline of ag workers. Right. But we know people don't like plants. We know there's gaps in that pipeline. So I wonder if we could be a part of that and... Sam, yeah, I I think, right, as we're, we're thinking about the teachers that are listening, like, there's a danger in saying that, I think, because then we can sit back and say, oh, well, okay, like, I originally, when they started this conversation, I was like, oh, gosh, do, would I make a difference? But Marshall said that I'm filling a pipeline, so I'm good, right? So, like, how... But I don't think we can just say the whole world will crumble, no. Like, I think that we have no. adequate evidence to say we play a vital role in supporting agriculture as an industry. And I don't think we can, my opinion is we, we have areas to pr- improve, but I think we have evidence that we are a pipeline for colleges of agriculture, which are ultimately yeah. the providers of workforce in agriculture. Yeah, I just don't know if that pipeline would go to a trickle without, if we weren't around. I think that you think college enrollments in the colleges of ag would stay the same? Maybe not entirely. 
but I, think I don't would. think they would. I don't think they what would shift think? as much as you think. So Brian, do you think they would decrease or stay the same? Uh, I think they would decrease. I don't think it'd completely dry up. I think mm-hmm. it would decrease um, over time. I think that's part of the thing. Is part of our job is to to uh, be better at that. And so I, I think to me the answer end up in the middle of a lot of these a lot of these kind of things. It's not one way or the other. It's like how do we keep doing the good things we're doing, but also but do better at it, making sure that people um, do see. Because you're right, right now. You talk to programs when you're going to open up a program. You know, in Florida, Orange County Schools, which is Orlando area, has told us they're going to put a an agri-science program in every single middle school and high school in that county. Which is how many? Uh, so they're going to be hiring what, 80 ag teachers over the next two years, oh, and they already geez. they already have uh, probably about 25 ag teachers right now. Wow, in a county in that county. I was one of three. You know, and so they're wanting to grow to do that. But whenever they're talking about that, what are they thinking about doing? They want to have animals. Which is great, and I'm all for animal science and those sort of things too. But why do you want that? Well, everybody wants to come see the bunny well, yeah. rabbit. Animals or the other and thing. animal science are two totally different things. To do that, but in that particular area with us, that is there is major biotechnology happening with plant science. There's there's the mm-hmm. horticulture side of things, but yet how do we do? How do we help connect our students to those kind of things to show the career opportunities yeah. that they can have in that, not just come play with a fluffy bunny? Yeah. And I'm again, rabbit people don't call me. So, but you know, hates <laughs> fluffy bunnies. <laughs> If we had marshmallows right now, we could play Fluffy Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> but but so how do we do a better job of that? I think I yeah. think we're doing a good job, and also we have to do a better job of telling our story. Going back to your example, Kate, we have to be able to say this is the difference I am making yes. in my program. Yeah. This is the difference we collectively make, mm-hmm. and I think that may be one of the things that we got. We we have to see this in our own programs, in our own schools, but also maintain and mean collected through the state, through the county, whatever else our structure might be to see how we're really moving things forward mm-hmm. collectively for agriculture because we, we don't operate in the island of the school anymore. Right. Well, once again, the two young buck professors <laughs> going at the polar opposite end. <laughs> and then, the, ready for this? The wise old owl <laughs> comes back in in the middle. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think a key to this is that we cannot rest on our laurels and we right. cannot yeah. go home at night thinking we are perfect. We cannot go home thinking that we will be here forever. We have got to stay on the cutting edge. We've got to be thinking about what is our value add. Got to stay relevant. And have data for that value add. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times data collection, all those just collect and research so we can write a study. But really it is creating data supporting the value add that yeah. we provide. And well, we've after you get tenure anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is a crazy <laughs> conversation. I would cry a river. Maybe we should call them that crazy conversation. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy conversations by Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, gonna make an Etsy page. Yes, right. Yeah. Well, I think we all know that we're all fully committed, and what a it. I think it would be terrible. I mean, we yeah. have all been drastically impacted by impacted by ag education, and you guys are out there doing great work. And it's important to think about how do we validate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we are with another critical conversation. Thanks for listening in. Um, if you have some comments, uh, jump in onto the, the post and talk to us about what do you think would happen. And you know what would be really, really interesting? I would love to hear what your students have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what do they say? Here's, here's the difference it made for me so that we yeah. can actually take that right to what difference is it, what difference is it making? Yeah. At the, the actual. So jump on, site. jump on and share in the comments. Let's talk about what would happen and what would your students say it's done for them. For this 
Critical Conversation, we are signing out. Best of luck, everybody. We hope that Brian will make it back through the hurricane. (laughs) We hope. He has literally been uh, getting text messages forcing him to evacuate, which is a problem because he's He's going to go into in Oklahoma flying to Florida. (laughs) So best of luck. Thanks. All right, signing out. Thanks, you guys. We will catch you next time. Elevate your ability to impact the world with an advanced degree in agricultural education and communication from the University of Florida. Our faculty and staff are committed to provide our graduate students with a premier education both online and on campus, equipping you with the tools needed to strengthen the agriculture and natural resources industries. We're empowering agriculturalists who will become the next educators, the next communicators, and the next leaders for the Gator Good. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets. Tips for Ag Teachers.